Let's pray and then we'll be ready to go. Uh, God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you today for all your hand has provided. You are great. You're greatly to be praised and we're thankful for the chance to worship you. We praise you now that you would hide me behind your glory and you be glorified. You'll speak. Uh, we're listening. We need to hear what it is you have to say. Save today and reconcile someone back to the faith. Uh, we pray today in all this said and done as you give preaching power and anointing that you would cause us today to leave better than we came. And in all of this, if you're glorified, we'll be satisfied. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3. Just one verse today, Isaiah 45, verse 3. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Um, Isaiah 45, verse 3. When you find it, when you have it, say amen. It says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. I will give you the treasures of darkness. Treasures of darkness. For a little while I want to talk about um, blessings in the dark. That's what I want to talk about. Blessings in the dark. Let me hear you say that. Blessings in the dark. Blessings in the dark. Now do me a favor, and it's a lot of people in here, and so I don't know how this is going to work, but I want to make you the pastor of your role. But do me a favor. Would you look down your row real quick, right? Look down your row. And with a lot of force, I want you to look at the people down your row. Look at them. Make them look up at you. And real loud say, if you're going to stay on this row, you got to help the preacher. And I'm looking around. There's not too many more options, so you need to be saying something. No, tell them I mean it. Or, or my mother would say, I'm not playing with you. <laughs> we're in a series on exile, and we're dealing with some people in the text that are in exile. They, they are they're away from all that's home. Uh, it's their own doing, but they're away from all that's home. They're in a dark place in their history, a dark place in time. Because they're in exile, they've been pulled away from what was destined, what was purpose for them, where they should be, and it's dark. But what I want to talk about today is that darkness has always seemed to have gotten a bad rap. From the earliest of our existence, we've been programmed to believe that darkness is a bad thing. So much so that I remember playing as a little boy around this time of the year in the summer months, and I would be outside and just carefree, having fun, but as the sun began to hide itself behind a distant field or the edge of a distant field, my mother would come to the front door or to the porch and call my name because darkness meant playtime was over. It meant it was time to get home. Maybe you can't identify that. Identify with that you were born in the middle of a city somewhere and you had street lights. So... <laughs> but for those of you who were fortunate enough to have street lights, you knew at the flicker of the light, it served as an alarm that when the street lights came on, you'll help me preach in a minute, you needed to be at home. As a matter of fact, if you had a real strict parent, they told you, don't let the street light catch you. And so by the time they came on, you needed to be on home base because the presence of darkness meant it was time, preach Alexander, to come home. This sermon is not that long, so don't hold your amens to the end. I'm almost just, I know how y'all do. Y'all waiting on me to raise my voice before you start saying amen. Quit. Come on now. Um, we, we, we've purchased things to help us avoid the dark. For our children, we've purchased night lights to make sure they're not in total darkness at night. For ourselves, we've purchased lamps so we can be, uh, so we are able at any moment to remove ourselves from the uncomfortableness of the darkness. 
But not just, not just physical darkness. We, we've spent time and energy in our lives doing all we can to avoid any form of darkness. Anything that's associated with darkness because darkness is associated, is associated with what's evil, what's, what's, what's depressing, what's death, what's bad. Uh, even uh, as we think today uh, about your definition of darkness, it's a tag we put on times of our lives when we are afraid, when we're unsure, when we're upset, when we're uncertain about life, or when things seem to be overwhelming and too much, we call it dark days. Uh, as a matter of fact, those, those heavy moments in life, we call them dark. Darkness is the place uh, for me, when I just feel stuck and feel like I'm not uh, progressing, I'm in that bridge of uncertainty. I'm somewhere in between the pain of my presence and the uncertainty of my not yet. I call it the dark seasons of my life. When you know what God has purposed for your life, but none of it seems to be happening. Even in Christianity, uh, darkness has gotten a bad rap. It's the synonym for what's sinful, what's evil, what's blind, what, what, what's wrong. That it, throughout scripture, uh, the bad things were referred to as the dark things. Preach on, Pastor. And, but today our challenge is how do we figure out yeah, what to do with the dark? Because certainly life won't always be light. So I need to find out what to do with the dark. And so how do you interpret, interpret when life is dark for you? How do you process that? What do you do? How do you change? What do you do when it's a dark season? Now, what have you labeled as dark days and how are you navigating through them? Let me press my way real quick. But the fact of the matter is we spend a great deal of time attempting to avoid the dark days of our life. However, I have discovered that God will not only allow dark days, preach pastor, but sometimes God has intentionally turned the lights off in your life for some divine purpose. You will help me preach in a minute. But not only does God allow dark seasons, but sometimes God is behind the dark seasons. Not, not only will God allow you to experience dark or sometimes watch you get yourself into darkness, but every now and then, he'll turn the lights off on you. And the truth of the matter is, uh, actually, that some of our most valuable lessons in life have been learned in the dark. Oh, come on, don't, don't. We, we family, don't do that. You know I don't. Tell the truth, you, you, you've learned some of the most valuable things in your dark season. Preach, Alexander. Today I want to suggest that you cannot, we cannot allow or always avoid dark moments in our lives. And after close consideration of our text, I think there's a great deal of value connected to your dark days. Which caused me to conclude, you need the dark. You, you, you need... You need some dark in your life. Uh, today in our text, we learn of a valuable lesson uh, through a pagan king named Cyrus, ungodly king. Uh, the people of God were in a very dark place. They were in exile. Now, by the way, they were in exile at their own doing because they kept allowing things uh, to pull them away from their place in God. Kind of like, you know, we do with phones and devices and busyness and jobs and careers and friends. And before you know it, we've allowed life, culture to take us way away from God. Don't leave me out here by myself. I mean, now, uh, we instead of asking scripture for an answer, we ask Siri. I wish I had some help in here. Instead of asking God, we ask Google. You'll help me in a minute. And, and don't let somebody post a fact because a social media post carries more weight than a preacher in a pulpit. Preach, Pastor. And I'm telling you, many of us are living our lives and we have social media faith and technology is dictating everything. And if you're not careful, 
powerful. You are so far away from God. You don't pray like you ought to pray because you don't have to ask God. You can just Google it. I wish I had some help in here. You don't have to seek God and we're going further and further. Preach pastor away from the things that really matter and where God has called us to be. Your pastor calls it this digital Babylon. But today in our text, I want you to deal with this exile. And one of the things, the reason exile is important today to deal with is because God is planning on restoring the people of God from exile, but he does it with this dark moment. And I want to imply that God brought the darkness to the exile because I want to push something. Can I push it? Just because you're in exile don't mean you don't like it because you got some believers in exile and calling it their best life. You have some people in exile and posting, I'm just kicking it or I'm just doing me because some of us in our foolishness are having our best time and don't even realize we're in exile. You'll help me in a minute. Now, lift your right hand. Lift, lift your right hand. This one. Do you promise you have the whole truth, nothing but truth, so help you God say, I do. Do not commit perjury, but have you ever been in exile and loved it? Thank you, brother. Have you ever been in exile and was having a good time and hashtagging, this is a life, you should be here, you only live once? Talk to me, somebody. And 10 of you should jump up because you dated exile. Maybe you can't jump up because he's sitting next to you, just nod your head. You were in love with exile. They didn't look like God, talk like God, way from God, far from God, pulled you from God, and you just in love with brother exile. And God, so every now and then, we get so attached to exile, God has to cut the lights out on us to let us realize this is not where you're supposed to be. Now, I need just some real folks to tell the truth. Many of us didn't leave exile because we got tired of exile. God cut the lights off on us because you. I need somebody to say, I didn't quit clubbing because I stopped liking clubbing. Something popped off in the club and while I was crawling, I was telling God. If you get me out of here, we will never have to have this conversation ever again. I wouldn't have had to think of that if you didn't say, if you hadn't said amen. And so sometimes God allows us to experience, experience darkness in exile because the problem is too many believers are starting to fall in love with a place that's godless. You would have married exile if he didn't, God didn't cut the lights off on it. He had to turn Little House on the Prayer into Nightmare on Elm Street so you come on out of it. <laughs> He's like, nope. And so he uses. He uses. I'm going to preach about this because somebody's saying, why you didn't cut the lights off earlier, God? <laughs> he uses your kiss on the way home. He uses King Cyrus, a pagan god, to get a word to his people in exile. Scoot up. Scoot up. I didn't say look up. I... <laughs> Scoot up. It... Side note, God can use who he wants to to get a word to you. Side note, don't ever underestimate God or think you haven't figured out a box in. God can use anything or anybody to get a point across to you. Sometimes it's a preacher in a pulpit. Sometimes it's a mean co-worker on a job. Sometimes it's a Sunday school teacher in a classroom. But sometimes it's a trifling family member. And when they get done with you, you're looking for God. I wish I had some help in here. God uses such strange people to get his word out every now and then. Guess what? He'll use you. So God tells Cyrus, King Cyrus, y'all ready? Let's go. Preach, Pastor. 
God uses Cyrus, King Cyrus, I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in, and riches hidden in secret places. In this verse, uh, if it's true, and I believe it is since God said it, and he can't lie, that there are some things we need to contemplate about our darkness, like how to understand it since God has prepared some valuable treasures in our dark places. Now it has me thinking, and I want you to think, have, have we been so busy trying to expedite our tenure in darkness that we've missed the divine truth that God does some of his best work in the dark season of my life? I mean, do you realize that darkness, preach Pastor Alexander, does not equate to godless just because you're in a dark season does not mean God has abandoned you pressure away Alexander does it mean make it plain preacher any of these you can holler out that in my running from darkness I've been running from God and the very thing I've been praying for thinking it will be revealed to me when the sun comes up. He's placed it right by me, right in the middle of my dark season. I'm going to preach till you help me. So could it be that we, I sure feel like preaching if you feel like helping me, that we who are believers must remember that God is not handicapped by your darkness? Should I also remind you the God we serve, can I say it like I want to? Ain't scared of the dark. Whether it's a dark marriage, dark family, dark job, dark personal dilemma, God is not blinded from seeing who and what uh, he needs to see. Verse 3 says, I, I will give you treasures of darkness, which means God gives us some valuable things in our dark seasons. Look down your row and say, I don't want to have to ask you again. Tell, tell your nerve. Tell. I need some witnesses and then maybe you'll jump in and help me. But I need some witnesses who want to help me argue that when we're in exile, when we're away from God, when God is trying to get us in a place, sometimes with his divine finger, he'll use darkness to do it. And, and darkness does not have to be bad if you'll let it work its divine purpose. Come here, Abraham. Stand right here, Abraham. While I talk to you for a moment. God says to you, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you so good that I'm going to bless you that your descendants are too numerous to count and they're going to be as many as the stars are in the sky. Preach Alexander. So Abraham, all you got to do to see where God is trying to take you is look up, preach man, and count the stars. Press your way, Alexander. And every time, Abraham, you count the stars, preach Alexander, you, you see what God has planned for you. And every time you look up and see, yes, the stars in the sky just start counting the more you count each one of them represents a blessing God has prepared for you but wait Abraham you can't count stars until it gets dark you're not helping me Grab your neighbor by the hand and tell your neighbor. I feel Baptocostal right there. Grab your neighbor by the hand and tell your neighbor, hey neighbor, God has some blessings for you. You can't even see until it gets dark. So it might get dark, but keep on looking. Come here, Jacob. Jacob was out in the field counting and watching the angels ascend, descend, up and down. And somewhere in between this prayer and this life and this vision that Jacob sees, he says, God is in this place. The only way Jacob was able to see him, guess what? It was in the dark. Then Jacob wrestled with God all night long. God was trying to change who he was, develop who he was called to be. They wrestled. He grabbed the angel and said, I'm not preach pastor. I'm going to let you go till you bless me. Then God, the angel touched him in the socket of his hip and dislocated because sometimes you're not blessed until you're broken. I wish I had some 
Some of your biggest blessings came when God had to break you. Oh, come on with your sanctified, holy, real deep, perfect self. Tell the truth. You got better when you got broke. You got You're more humble since it broke you. You praise better since he's broken you. You're nicer to folks since he's broken you. Problem with some of y'all while you sitting in church like you don't know what to do. You've never been broken. But when God breaks you, nobody has to pump and prime you to tell the Lord thank you. You come in saying, I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magna. Look at somebody tell them the dog did that. Tell somebody if I shout. My best shout came from my dark moments. If I holler, my best holler came from my dark moments. Why? Because I really got myself in the dark. It was my fault getting in there. But thank God I serve a God that will find me in exile that I did for to myself. Because have you ever got yourself in something that you couldn't get yourself out of? But he met me in the dark and brought me out. Joseph got his way out of prison because of his dreams that happened in the dark. The children of Israel left Egypt in the dark. Preach, Pastor. If you put your foot on the gas, I'll keep driving fast. God parted the Red Sea. In the dark, God calmed the storms for the disciples. In the dark, Nicodemus came to Jesus. In the dark, Paul and Silas were locked in a Philippian jail with their hands and feet in stock. But they start praying and singing praises unto God. And at midnight, when it got dark, there's an earthquake that started rumbling, and God delivered them, I don't hear you yet, in the dark. Then when it was time for somebody to secure our salvation, one Friday evening, on a hill called Calvary, they hung him high, they stretched him wide, and an old Baptist preacher taught me the sun refused to shine. The moon dripped away in blood and our salvation was secured in the dark. You know I can't stop right there. You know I can't stop right there. They took him off the cross, put him in a dark tomb. By the way, it was borrowed because whenever you borrow something, that means you're playing on giving it back. He borrowed it one Friday, gave it back one Sunday, got up with our power in his hands. And can I tell you, you cannot appreciate the sunny Sunday morning if you didn't master your dark Friday. What gets you ready for the light is how you handle your dark season. That's why you can't be hating on anybody who's walking in the light right now if you didn't live through their midnight. That's why you can't be really envious of somebody who's smiling and shouting, you don't know how dark it got just to get this praise out. Tell, some, tell your neighbor, look at him and say, you see my lights? But I had to live through my dark. And if you didn't see my dark, you won't understand how I act like I act in my life. Somebody looking at you saying, it don't take all that. And you saying, I'm not doing enough yet. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and 
all he's done some of you can't even stand to think about your dark days because every time you think about your dark days your hands go up your mouth open because he did his best work in your dark days I double dog dare you to look at somebody and tell them life ain't always been no crystal staff. I've done some things. I've been some places. I've had some dark moments. But I give glory to God. He didn't leave me in my dark situation. He met me there. Somebody on your road don't know God can come in a dark moment. Somebody on your road is in the middle of a dark moment right now. Can you be a witness for somebody who's kind of calm and collected? It's not they're mad. They're just dealing with some dark moments. But can you be a visible witness that God is God of the dark? Don't lose your mind. Don't throw in the towel. Don't commit suicide. Don't stay away from church. Don't fall out of ministry. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Just because it's dark, somebody sings their best songs in the dark. Somebody prays their best prayers in the dark. Somebody's their best self in the dark. So I need somebody who is going through a dark season in your life to hear me real good. Stop. Stop running. Stop thinking God has abandoned you. Look around. You might just be right on top of something to discover that God can handle your dark. Verse 7 of this same chapter says, I form light. I create darkness. If you look around in your dark seasons, you will find that God has placed treasures there just for you. Come on, tell the truth. Come on, tell the truth. I said, come on, tell the truth. You have had some real dark times in your life, but it was in those times that you found out God was right there. I don't hear you. He put some treasures there for you in your dark moments. Listen, some of the best parts of you are because of what happened in the dark. And by the way, can I stop and tell you this parenthetically? You don't even want to deal with people who've never known how to handle dark days. Don't call anybody your best friend that's never been best friends with you while it was dark. You don't know if you got to ride or die if they've never almost had to die with you. All you have right now is a rider. <laughs> Don't you marry anybody you haven't had to go through some hard times with. Listen. People are one way in light and are different in the dark. I don't hear you talking yet. A few years ago, I had to have surgery on my foot. I had a tumor in my foot and Praise God, it, everything came out all right. And we went home, and when I got home, my, my daughter was attending to the foot with all the medicine I was supposed to have around the clock and changing the bandage and putting the ice on it. My two sons were uh, helping me get up and walk from room to room, and they were so excited. If I said I was ready to go, they came running with this idea to help Dad through recovering through his surgery and keeping him comfortable and out of pain. And then uh, I looked over about uh, the next, uh, the, the, by the end of that day, the next day, my wife was just quiet and very removed. I said, what's wrong with you? Well, I discovered she had this whole thing planned out. Finally, I'm somewhere still and need her assistance. I don't have anybody helping me. And she had this whole thing planned. I get to be the patient. She get to be the nurse. Oh, bless his name. But the children came and bumped her out and she said, y'all don't need me. But the biggest part that made me love her even more was she was sad that the day came that I needed her. Yeah, I wish I had some help in here. And she was ready to jump in. You don't know what you're working with till you got somebody that don't just love you when you're up, but they're looking forward to the chance to help you when you're down. I need somebody in here that says, I need somebody that's ready to jump in my dark.
David said, yeah, though I walk. I'm almost done. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me. I, I'm not afraid of the dark. Because I got somebody with me in the dark. And so now we have to do, he says, I put treasures in the dark. What's, what are the valuable things? What are tre what's the value, treasure of darkness? What's the value of darkness? Especially considering I'm in an exile where I'm away from God and I did it to myself. Lean in. Promise, I'm, 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 we're out of here. One of the values of the treasures of darkness is the things you discover in darkness. Okay. Your quietness means work. You're going to have to work for that, Alexander. I'll work for it. If you go to the doctor and there's something ailing you that's deeper than skin, the doctor, he or she, will have to put you often in a dark room to get an x-ray. Because it's in that dark room, it allows them to discover what's beneath the surface. Y'all not gonna sit on my good sermon. Preach Alexander. And then if that didn't work, uh, if it's something in the innermost parts of your body, they'll roll you in a dark tunnel to get an MRI to reveal what's in you that's not right but they need a dark space to do it in. Because sometimes you can't discover what's going on with you when it's too much light and too many distractions. And so sometimes it's only when God gets you in a dark space that he'll allow you to realize a store is not your answer. The next sale is not your answer. A gathering is not your answer. Instagram is not your answer. Smartphone is not your answer. I don't hear you. Facebook is not your answer. Twitter is not your answer. He says, I need to turn the lights off. You need to disconnect from all that stuff. You need to quit letting the phone be your God. The first thing you grab in the morning or not be your phone. Your phone did not wake you up this morning. I promise your phone didn't wake you up this morning. Just because you set an alarm clock in your phone is not why you woke up because if God didn't get to the room first, your phone would still be going off right now and you'll be still laying there. Talk to me somebody. Your phone is not why you were able to order Uber Eats. God made you able to have some food to eat. He gave you the food to eat, but then he turned around and gave you an appetite to want it. I'm telling you, you got to learn how to disconnect so you can discover where God is. One of the treasures of darkness is discovery. Somebody say discovery. Then there's another treasure of darkness. Are you ready? Y'all yeah. doing good, by the way. Everybody on your row can stay. You, come on. <laughs> then, then there is development. Say development. development. Who, one of the treasures of darkness, when he needs you to shut down and come out of that exile, he'll use darkness to do it. Come out of this digital space that you ignore God and life and even each other. Couples sitting at the table, out to eat, talking to other folks that's not at the table. I tell my family when they put out a, a phone at a table at a restaurant me, well, I guess y'all paying. I'm not paying. Tell whoever you text. <laughs> what restaurant we're at so they can come pay for your food. Because I promise I'm not paying for you to talk to somebody else. Wish I had. <laughs> if I'm that bored, you should have taken them out. At least you're going to act like I'm interested. I, somebody say amen. And whenever we go out to church and somebody wants to go with pastor and we sit down and they start texting us, I, 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 I put that right up there on the table or dismiss yourself from my table. What I will not do is be insulted in my presence like I'm so boring and so surface and I have nothing to talk about that you had to find somebody that didn't go to church somewhere else and they didn't want to feed you and you want to have a conversation with them. I think not. But what do you think God is saying when you wake up in the morning hollering at everybody else before you talk to him in the bed talking? 
talking to everybody else before you talk to him. I don't hear anybody yet. Some of y'all can't even pray in church while they're praying. You texting somebody. God is saying you're in exile, but I don't need anybody that didn't wake you up, didn't save you, didn't heal you, didn't deliver you, didn't bring you to the storm to get more attention and loyalty out of you than me. Thank God for this phone, but it's not who saved me. Thank God for my computer, but it's not who delivered me. Somebody say development. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Scoot up one more time. Come here. Come here. If you're over like 35, well, if you're over 40, well, if you're over 45 and as high as I'm going, <laughs> for those of us over 45, you know now y'all take, everybody take pictures in their phone. Older meals can go out of business because you, you got filters and everything now. You, <laughs> I mean, you don't need, what is that? You know, it's, you just, it, and you send it to a cloud wherever that cloud is. <laughs> then now has all of your business, may it never rain. If that cloud rains, life uh, for us is over. <laughs> I don't know where that cloud is, but please don't let it rain, God. Just... <laughs> Y'all gonna get me in trouble, but that means that. But, but, but there was a time, you remember you used to have, have the camera? Where you took the picture. And when you took the picture, unless you had the Polaroids that you had to wave like this until they got done. <laughs> And those were fine, but they didn't last that long. They fade, you know, real quick. But if you wanted a real good picture and you had a real good camera, you would take it in and you didn't do it. You took it in and they would open it up. Get the film out of the back of it. In a dark room. And they would pull the film out and before it's developed, it's called negatives. And the room had to stay. Preach Alexander. Just a little bit louder over in here. Preach Alexander. And the negative had to stay in a dark room and put into a solution over a period of time until it developed. But the room had to stay dark because to add light to it before it was ready would destroy. Because what the person in the room wanted to do is take your negative and work on it until it was the picture it was supposed to be. And so nobody was complaining about the dark room or the negative because the person in charge knew that what's negative right now if I keep it in this dark room long enough, it's going to be a perfect picture after a while that you'll put up on your wall. That's why some of you can walk with your head up now. It's because he opened you up, took your negative, put it in a dark room, and developed it. Listen, you might think God is taking too long. It's just you got a big picture. You might think it's real big. That's because you haven't seen the picture yet. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and give you a future and a hope. Don't worry about the darkness. I'm painting a real big picture. us Baptocostal folks, we shout anytime in the sermon. Would you grab somebody by the hand and tell them, neighbor, I know you feel like you've been in darkness for a long time. That means God has a real good picture in mind. Now hold their hand and put a little preach in your voice. Tell them, neighbor, he's working on your negative. Tell him he's working on your negative to make you the head, not the tail. Make you the lender and not the borrow. Make you healed and not sick. Make you a leader and not a follower. Make you rich and not poor. He's just working on your negative. Hey! You don't know what to do. Hey! He's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to develop you. Some of the reasons you cannot, watch it now, come out of the darkness too fast is because I got myself in this exile. 
So he has to develop me and spend time there so I don't have repeat offense. Because some of us, when we don't develop like we should, we'll go right back to the exile God got us out of. I mean, some of you dated exile more than once. <laughs> just, just nod your head. Just nod your head. You would have jumped up, but he's sitting right there. Just wink at me. But not only is there development, then I'm closing. Another treasure of darkness. This is my last one. Come go with me. You've done good, by the way. There is discovery, there is development, but then there is discernment. Sometimes you have so much going on. Some of you got two phones. I was sitting on the airplane coming here and brother next to me put out so many phones I thought I was at AT&T. I, I said, Lord have mercy. He had a phone in his pocket. A phone right here. Then he started fidgeting. He was finding another phone now. And you know, when you get a certain age, when you're almost 50, you just think you got a right to ask people their business. And I just. I got, <laughs> I got ready to ask him, and I, I just heard myself say, Shut up. That's not your business. I just, that has nothing to do with you. Just, just had all these phones, and then you got an iPad. And so, if you're not talking on the phone, you're talking on the iPad. And my wife and I had to travel to Kansas City a few months back to a funeral, and somebody was sitting in front of us on the front row of a funeral on their iPad working. I wish I, oh my God. And they were in the family. Just, I, I leaned over and told my wife, I said, Do you see her doing work emails? <laughs> While her grandmother laying up there? I, <laughs> We're so addicted to all of this stuff. I mean, we're so addicted. You're texting and driving. I'm, you're, you're over in the night. When you can't sleep, the first thing you do is reach for the phone. And you're not talking to me. Because I'm wanting to know why did you just post three hours ago and three hours ago was 2 a.m. I mean, what were you, why were you, even if you were up, why, what was in your mind that said, let me post something for the rest of the world at 2 a.m.? You, you, I know you heard Shook Avery say in color purple, if you can't sleep at night and you wonder why, it's not because you need to be on social media. Maybe God's trying to tell you something. There's this discernment. Often you have too many people in your ear, too many distractions. And it's pulled you into this place of exile, way away from God. You're a Christian, but you're living a godless life. But sometimes God knows how to get rid of your crowd. You didn't have to say anything to them. Just cut the lights off in your life. Because you might not know it, but some of your friends are just sunshine friends. Have you ever noticed how much God talks to you when you're sick at home and can't go anywhere? I need about 10 of y'all just tell the truth. Let me know I got the right sermon. Have you noticed you can be so busy and just get the flu or some of us who had COVID. God talks so much, you're like, golly God, I'm, I need to rest. <laughs> at some point, you start realizing this has little to do with this flu. And a whole lot to do with you needing to talk to me. And I wouldn't get still enough or, or move out of my distractions. I don't hear anybody. Some of us heard from God the most while we were at home recuperating from something. He had to tell you everything he's been trying to tell you in the last three months in three days. I was, you were so glad to go to work just because God was talking so much. You're like, oh my God. He says, I could have told you this three months ago, but you've been so distracted. I had to get you on your back in a dark room just to tell you what I've been trying to tell you. Who am I talking to? Discernment. Somebody say discernment. That's what he says in verse 3. He says, I'm doing, I'm giving you trust in darkness so you'll know me better. That's what the verse says, so you'll know me better. I'm closing. Let me go. I'm out of time. Come. I need to borrow about seven minutes. It's y'all fault. Are y'all ready? Let me see. Discernment. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark, really. 
But have you, but when my wife and children are out of town, you know, everybody that's a husband and a dad, you, this is our little secret, we don't tell nobody, but when everybody's gone, Oh, men, don't y'all leave me out here by myself. When my wife and children, I'm just snoring, just all over the couch, just snoring. When they gone, I'm like this. And when I go to bed and I lock the bedroom door, yes. Oh yeah, I lock it. Not, not because I'm scared. I just need time to get to my scripture. Acts 238. I, mean, I don't need you standing up over me. I ain't got time to get, because I want to hide his word in your heart. <laughs> yes, I, I, I want you to leave out saved. <laughs> Delivered, set free. And have you noticed when you're in there by yourself and it's dark, the whole house talks? I mean, you can, you can hear the wall settling. It's going to sleep. You hear the dog two houses down. The other night I heard a train, and I don't even live by a train track. I, it's on the other side of town. I said, where is the train? The frog outside is loud. I wish I had somebody. You can tell which faucet is not turned off all the way. It's dripping in the kitchen and you hear it all in your bedroom. What God is saying is, sometimes I got to get it dark because you discern me better. I'm closing. I got to go. I'm not, y'all not going to mess up my good sermon. I'm going to find another church to preach this sermon. Because right there, somebody would have been shouting that he gave me dark, not trying to scare me. He's trying to get me to hear him. I have a 17-year-old. I have a 17 Two days ago, I had a, my, my oldest son turned 17. Now my oldest child. I have a 23-year-old in a few weeks, but then I have a 17-year-old son. He's taller than me. Whenever I'm, I'm standing up, he comes standing next to me just so he can show me he's taller, and I remind him about Acts 2.38. And then he, and when I'm in a mirror, he stands behind me to show me he's over me. And, and I'm, I'm like, get off me. Get, get over there somewhere. And, uh, but whenever we're at home, he comes in the house. And like a typical 17-year-old, he goes straight to the bedroom. There's only two houses, two rooms in the house. The bedroom and the kitchen. Just, he's just up either the bedroom and the kitchen. And whenever I'm trying to get him to come and sit down next to me, it's like uh, an act of Congress, like punishment. He doesn't breathe out loud in front of me. That wouldn't be a good idea. But, but upstairs, when I say, Eric, come here. And I say, and quit breathing hard. And so he, he says, I said, I just want you to sit down here next to me. And the whole time he's sitting there, he's just fidgeting like he's about to die, like he's having a seizure, like it's punishment. And I'm like, I just want to, you've been in the room all day. Come down, sit down. And, uh, and I have to remind him, that's not your room anyway. No, that's not your room. I'm just letting you stay there. And, and I just remind him of the day, you just turned 17, doc. You got your lease up in a year. I already got plans on how I'm gonna change that one around. And he's just sitting there, he never wants. And so when I, then he'll say this, can I go now? I'm like, the show is not over. Well, can I go now? And, but, but the other month, we had a bad thunderstorm. Preach Alexander, we had a bad, preach Alexander, we had a bad thunderstorm and the storm was just hitting the house. I mean, the thunder started clapping, it's like the house shook. And I sat up and started smiling. Because I knew what he felt about thunder. And it was thundering and lightning. I mean, it was bad. And one of those times when the thunder clapped, preach Alexander, the lights went off in the house. I told my wife, I said, five, four. You don't see where I'm going. I heard somebody coming down the stairs. I sat up. He came in the room, I said, hey, come on in. All this time I've been having to beg you, but when the lights came up, I didn't have to come looking for you. You came 
demon found me. And God is telling somebody, maybe I got it dark right now because I don't want to chase you. I need it dark enough for you to come and find me. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them, hey neighbor, I know it's dark right now, but whenever it gets dark, there's three things you ought to do. First of all, keep looking for him. He's somewhere in there. Then keep learning about him. He's teaching you something. What are you learning? Well, at the old Baptist church where I grew up, we sang the song, what a fellowship. What a joy to that. Somebody grew up at the same church, leading on the everlasting arms. When it gets dark, I've learned how to lead. Tell somebody, turn around and find somebody and tell them I've learned how to lead. When it gets dark, I've learned how to lead. Now I got one more person I need you to bother and I'm out of here saying, neighbor, you'll never know when I'm in a dark season because I look the same on a sunny day and on a dark day because the same God this God of the sunny day is the same God. This God of the dark day, the same God. This God of midday is the same God. This God of midnight. So praise is what I do. Even when I'm going through. So when it's He's still God when it's dark. He's still God when I'm going through. I just remember weeping faith. Endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. I wish I had a witness. High five somebody and tell them I am who I am because of the darkness I've been through I praise like I praise because of the darkness he pulled me through I love him like I love him because of the darkness he pulled me through yes he blessed me in the dark Anybody like me going through a dark period right now? But lift your hands toward heaven and tell them, I still trust you. I still trust you. I still love you. And I know you're able. Yes! 